Hey guys, welcome back to the BCM and AM podcast. We are back with the What's Your Story series, and I'm your host, Zach, and I'm here with one of my favorite students, Evan Drennan. What's up, Zach? <laughs> so we are basically just saying, hey, what's your story to students? And they're, they're talking to us about how they get here, what are the things God's doing in their life, how they get saved, <laughs> all these different things about who God is and what he's doing. So Evan, how did you get to UTK Knoxville? Go. <laughs> uh, wow, it seems like a lot of different pieces that kind of yeah. fit together that got me here. It's, um, there's just a lot to it, but let's see. I grew up um, in a suburb just south of Nashville um, yeah. and grew up, actually grew up in the church. Um, parents raised me well uh, in that regard putting, putting, <laughs> putting me uh, putting me in the church and grew up in a basketball family so a lot of my life revolved around basketball s- sports yeah. and and stuff played it for as as long as I can remember um, got saved the summer um, after I had just turned 10 years old hmm. don't remember what year that was um, but that's that's when I got saved Um and then a few years later, actually, well, maybe not even a few years. I don't remember how many years later, but I was going into a fourth grade and um, my parents split up at the end of the summer. Mm. And so then ever since then was like I, I was saved and, you know, life started to change a little bit for me as much as it yeah. does for a 10 year old boy. And, and yeah. then... Um, the divorce happens, um, things just get complicated and twisted. Um, in my family, there were just a lot of worries that went through that, um, a lot of insecurities. It just, mm-hmm. it was hard for a fourth grader to understand how my parents could justify not wanting to, sp- or wanting to spend half the time with me that they already mm-hmm. were. Yeah. Um, and so that was, it was just like, so then I, I got to thinking like if my own parents who had me and raised mm-hmm. me can't don't love my brother and I enough um, to want to spend all that time with us and spend just half the time with us then like how can there be anyone else that does mm-hmm. you know wow um, so that those were just like the insecurities that were kind of flooding my mind um, when I was young and just seeing all. All my friends, I didn't have many friends with divorced parents at the time, yeah. so I just I felt like a kind of an outcast in that regard. And <clears throat> one thing that did um, help me through that though was basketball, and mm-hmm. all the way through middle and high school. And um, fast forward a couple of years, my dad starts dating um, my stepmom now, and she's got three young, uh, kids that are younger than me. Um, love them all to death. Um, things just weren't, weren't as good kind of at the beginning yeah. um, when they started dating. It's a hard adjustment. Right. Right. Um, so though they got married going into my sixth grade year. Hmm. And I really feel like that, that stretch between the divorce and while my dad was dating my stepmom and all that was when like our family was the most broken it's ever been. Mm. Um, there was a lot of uh, anger that surrounded my dad dating her and mm. the kid, the, them moving in just because it didn't seem, there were a lot of reasons that my brother and I didn't want him to get remarried at least as quick as, as quickly as he did. Mm. Um, 
and there were just there were just a lot of things about that that we didn't like um but i mean i was still i was still pretty young my brother was in high school at the time he understood things a lot better than i did Hmm. so he had stronger opinions so for me it was like whenever i was around dad and my stepmom and her kids i was like i'm gonna be i'm gonna be here with them and i'm gonna be happy and enjoy like getting to play with them or hang out with them and act like everything's okay and then my brother is was a, was secluding himself and mm. distancing himself from the family so whenever i was with him i would just act the same as he did and just be like man this just really sucks mm. so i was like i'm just trying to please everybody and tell my mom like <laughs> as she's probably insecure that mm. there's another mother figure yeah. type coming into my life i'm yeah. just like yeah mom no this is like it's terrible i hate it yeah. and when i'm trying to act like i don't hate it in front of other people so mm. it was just it was just a whole jumbled mess in my head and people were not liking each other there were just bad relationships in the family between like mm. my brother and my dad and then eventually it, it affected my relationship with my father just because I felt like I was being brainwashed from so many different angles from wow. my mother's angle to my brother's angle to my father's angle <clears throat> and even like aunts and uncles everybody was just telling me different things and mm. I was like man this I don't know like what to believe <laughs> what to think and yeah um I don't I just don't I don't remember even like one time during that season of life up until actually I don't know when but I, it just felt like a long time before I started listening to what the Lord had to say about it um before I started trusting him mm. so um and I guess that's kind of where like basketball comes into play so basketball helped me get through that a lot um I played for as long as I can remember and um, it was uh it was something that gave me confidence and security that I didn't feel like I was finding anywhere else Um, even in like even in friends I I felt I felt like I had good friends but I didn't feel like I had good enough friends to like be able to share what was going on in my head yeah um, because I just didn't think they would understand yeah so basketball was what helped me and got me through rough nights uh, but sometimes it got it could get unhealthy um, there were plenty of nights in high school that I snuck out of the house to go to the gym obviously yeah. I wasn't doing anything like bad at the gym but it was just the idea of um, you know s- sneaking out in the middle yeah. of the night if something bad had happened like whatever it's the wrong thing to do but that's that's what I did. Yeah. There was a lot of those nights going to the gym with people and just playing and clearing my head um, and just running or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it it was a lot it was a lot easier. Um, actually, when my brother went to college and I started playing high school basketball, because I, then I didn't get my brother's angle anymore. So that was mm. that was a thing. Like that, one less opinion. Yeah, that was kinda, yeah. that was the thing that kind of left, um, and things just got. Things got a little easier just because it had been several years now since Dad had gotten remarried and yeah. the divorce had happened. Yeah, time. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and I mean, basketball was good for me. I had a lot of friends through it. I I was pretty good at it. Um, I thought that's what I wanted to do in college. Yeah. Um, people people liked me because of it, yeah. um, and it gave me a lot of confidence. But um, one thing I realized. 
I didn't. Re- I don't guess I realized it until after I quit playing and ended up coming here, was that I was using basketball to love myself and not love the Lord. Mm. And I was always questioning, like, why? Why did I not like? Why did God put me in a position where I wasn't playing in college? Because mm. I knew I wanted to. Um, I, I knew I would probably have to go to like graduate school. So it was like mm. if I could get undergrad paid for and stuff like I don't know why this is just an easier path probably yeah. to play um but God took me through um a series of injuries just all spread out throughout high school and um in the last the my last game of my senior year and and I was like you know most people I feel like would be like this is a good opportunity to just show like how strong you are and come back from these injuries and go play somewhere yeah. and, and be good yeah um but i guess you know my senior year and into my freshman year was when i really started to trust the lord because i was mm. getting um i was just feeling things that were pointing me away from basketball and mm. just into like a normal college life i guess and um just a lot of different things pulling me away so i was just like I figured it must be God, so yeah. I figured I'd start better listen or better start listening. <laughs> yeah, um, just because there were a lot of big decisions that had to be made. So um, I felt like through those injuries, it was like, no, you've um, you haven't used basketball the way that you probably should have. Hmm. And now I look back on it. I look back on high school basketball with a lot of good memories. Like it's yeah, it's a great course. thing to look back on. I loved it. I'd do it again um, in a heartbeat, but it was just, it, I wasn't using it. I was using it to love myself. Um, yeah. And and I realized that when I got to college, because freshman year, um, I get here and there's 30,000 people here that don't know my name rather than a <laughs> county where, yeah. where everywhere I go, someone probably knows my name. Yeah. <laughs> so Quite it's the, just uh, a culture shock. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. So I was just like, wow, I can't use basketball to <laughs> love myself anymore. And none of these people know me through it. Um, so then after, after I kind of got called out of basketball is, it was more of just, um, you know, picking between a couple of different schools in Tennessee, kind of what yeah. I felt like was the best fit, um, where I knew people at, where, and where I would enjoy it the most. And I really do think God called me here. I, I think, mm-hmm. I mean, I never, I never was until like the, I guess like I was never really like the partying type. Yeah. So, I, and I knew this was a big school for that, but mm-hmm. I was like, I, I'm, I'll come here and, but I'm, I'm not going to do it, but I don't know exactly what I'm going to do. I just yeah. knew I needed, I knew I needed a community. Um, like the BCM and like my church that I didn't really have um, growing up. I, I knew I was in a youth group, yeah. and but most of the kids um, decided to go to college and do what I didn't want to do. And I knew they were going to do mm. that. Um, so I just knew, I, I figured this was the best place um, to find that. And I mean, I found it within a week of being here yeah. <laughs> and it was cool. So uh, that's, yeah, that's really, um, kind of a long-winded story of how I, no, how I get good. how I got here it's good it's not meant to be easy easily answered I think mm-hmm. that you know if we don't if we don't look at all the different pieces that like get a person to where they are today you kind of miss a little bit of who they are along the way you know yeah like I know you love basketball and and I know that you enjoy 
like that competitive nature of it, the camaraderie you get when you play it, all that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you're good at it. We've been on men's retreat and you destroyed everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I know you. I know that. And so it's cool to hear you talk about like this was a life that I felt like God walked me away from. And it, it, it took a lot of like, it helped me pr- deal with a lot of things in me to be able to come to this place to, to do that. And, and I get that. Um, I, I can't imagine dealing with the myriad of opinions of dealing with the divorce that young. Mm-hmm. It's like my parents got divorced when I was 22 or 23. Mm-hmm. And that alone was chaotic dealing with, you know, this side, that side, this particular side, where is this family caught in this? How does this person respond to that? Now, okay, all these other opinions that are telling me what I should think, yeah. what do I actually think? Right. <laughs> you know, and I totally understand that like having having basketball was something to kind of like, how can I clear these out <laughs> so that I can focus for a minute? Yeah, it was like, I do. I was like, let basketball be mine and <laughs> everything else can be everybody else's. Yeah, like, just, was, y'all can deal with that. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. got to deal with this. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I get that. Sometimes we need something like that to just kind of like, especially as men, having something we can do with our hands for a moment to let our minds rest and then like, okay, I can get back to it. We can kind of get rolling again. I can get back in the mix of things and like get my brain working. I, I, mm-hmm. I totally see what you mean about like, it being something that gratified, you know, you. I mean, I, I did a lot of, I did a lot of soccer, and I did so much of it that it would drive me insane how much I did. Not because I didn't want to. I, you know, I thought I was gonna be the next big thing, and God was like, "No, you're not. <laughs> you're yeah. gonna calm down." And and I needed that. I needed that humility pill. Yeah, and I think, I think one of the questions that would pop up for someone like listening to this is like how how would it affect you still so much like Mm. in high school when that when those actual events happened like so far fourth grade and like sixth grade but yeah um it was like it was like there were there were still and there still are just so many like unanswered questions Mm. about that season that i've just never asked um I've been curious about, but haven't, there's just a lot left unanswered about that. And there was obviously in high school, um, and I was still getting those opinions from other people, um, because I I felt like, because when I say like relationships were really screwed up in my family in that time, it was mostly like my brother and my father. Yeah. And when I say screwed up, like they were, they were messed up for a long time and those and the, those have never that relationship between them has never been the same so when i mm. saw when i would talk to my brother about it like anything that was like bugging me about what our parents were doing while he was at school mm. if i'd call him or whatever it would just like cycle back to like well it this would all be okay if if this, if, hadn't, if this hadn't happened if they if he hadn't yeah. gotten remarried if he hasn't he chose this life and yeah so that's how it was still affecting me like so many years later you're still hearing those voices yeah Yeah. wanted to clear that up just because no (laughs) yeah yeah, no i feel like that could be like uh, no a a question that people would have about yeah i totally understand no you're totally right and i think that you know when we're dealing with seasons of pain and 
not necessarily just seasons of pain. Like there are certain events that happen in people's lives that don't like they happen and they're painful. And, you know, a lot of times it's, it'd be, it's more politically correct or savvy to say we move on from those things. But if you want reality, you never really move on. You heal, right? but you never really move on. There are things that like, like I think um, the other intern that she does the interviews with the girls on this podcast, mm-hmm. Kennedy, she said um, she lost her dad a few years ago. And she said, pain is often like a bowling ball in a box with a button. And the box will just tilt around yeah. at all kinds of times. And every once in a while, that ball will roll right over top of the button and it will sound off. And when that does, you feel that pain like it was fresh all over yeah. again. And it's with any kind of trauma, with any kind of like hardship or heartache or pain, that's exactly how it was. I mean, we, I'll give you an example. And the, the rest of the analogy, the metaphor illustration goes that like eventually, like, the, the bowling ball does get smaller and the box does get bigger so they don't collide as often. Right. But it never really goes away, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Um, but an example was like, I was reading a marriage book with my wife. I don't know. It was years after my parents had divorced. Um, I was just reading a marriage book with my wife and it was just going through like expectations you carry over from, you know, the family you grew up with to be in the place that you are now and I remember hitting a certain point in it and it was like you may bring these expectations from if your dad did this or your mom did this or whatever into your marriage and I just started sobbing and I was just like I can't like like honey I'm sorry but I just can't do this right now like I have to just stop for a minute like Mm -hmm. and and my wife's very gracious and and love loves me through that but that was a moment in which those things collided and I had to, I had to deal with it. You know, it's not, it's not easy. It doesn't go away and it's, it's difficult, Mm -hmm. but it's something that I've seen God use over and over and over and over again to draw people into his presence. Like I can come in and say, you know, I, I feel healed. That doesn't mean it doesn't hurt, you know? And, I have scars, but their scars are not open wounds, you know, and there's, there's a real difference there. You know, if somebody talks from an open wound, I heard a pastor say this the other day, if somebody talks from an open wound, they bleed all over the place and everything gets really messy (laughs) and, and it's, and it's a problem, right? But if somebody talks from a scar, like they they can say this hurt and Mm -hmm. it still does sometimes, but like, these are the things I've learned. These are the things, ways that God's grown me out of it. And, you know, I've gone through that but so you mentioned that you were saved at about 10 so how did how did that happen like what what, what were the events surrounding that if you're willing to talk yeah, yeah, about for it sure yeah. i love i love telling it because i think it's i think it's really cool um i was with um my grandmother is mm-hmm. my mom's my mom's mom and uh she i mean she was just such a great mentor yeah in, um in my life and really put you know the put forth the importance of certain traditions um and things like revolving your faith that Mm. she really instilled those um into my life so i always i always give her a lot of credit for (laughs) for like who i who i am and where i am and like Mm. in my walk with the lord just because i just i learned a lot from her yeah and so 
I would take when I was like when I was a kid and like had time to do this. <laughs> I would go to her. She lived in Kentucky, like two hours yeah. away from from where we were. Um, but I'd go stay with her for a weekend. I'd be like a Friday and come back maybe on like a Monday morning or a Sunday. Um, and so I, I'd go spend a few days with her, one time every summer, um, usually towards the end, about the time that we were going to start close to the time we were going to start school again. So mm-hmm. there's one particular time I was there and. You know, we did pretty much the same stuff every time I was there just because there were things in Kentucky that I liked to do with her. So we were, um, it was the last day that I was there. We were actually packing up stuff to get ready to go. And um, she lived in the same house um, for my entire life. Um, So I, I remember everything about the house was like the same from the time that, um, I was born till till we <laughs> yeah, sold yeah, the house yeah. after she died. She died a couple of years ago, um, but I was uh, I don't know I, I don't know what I was doing. But I was wasn't going to get. I was walking through the um, the kitchen to go grab something or get my shoes on or whatever, and then I just I stopped in the middle of the kitchen and she's in the bathroom putting her makeup on or whatever. I stopped and I just started crying and I yeah. knew I knew I knew it was the Holy Spirit because I, mm. I ran into her bathroom and I was like I said I was like Nana I want to be a Christian um Mm. um, and the Holy Spirit in that moment like it was so it was so strong and so tangible yeah that I knew the Holy Spirit wasn't going to let me leave that house the (laughs) same way that I walked into it (laughs) and Mm. so she I went and said it and I was like tears red face tears running down my face I was like I'm ready to be a Christian and um she just dropped everything that was in her hands and took me into the living room <laughs> yeah. and we prayed. And after we prayed, we sat there and talked for a minute or whatever. Yeah. She told me she was proud of me. And then we packed our stuff and went to Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah. it was just, it was so crazy. Um, and it feels like every time I tell it that I can feel that feeling again. Wow. <laughs> Because cool. every time, every time I tell it, it makes me want to cry. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I was, yeah. I understand. But it it was it was crazy, and I love getting to tell that story. Mm. But that's wow. that's how all that happened. It was just, it was very spur of the moment, and I had been through discipleship classes at my church. Yes, you knew what you were so saying. It was yeah. kind of it was it was kind of like I guess the time to do it. Like mm-hmm. I, I had just been learning about it, was ready yeah. to make the decision, and I just didn't know when or like what was yeah. going to prompt me and then in the kitchen i was like, like, <laughs> like there, there you go here's that's the day yeah. <laughs> hey when when the spirit says it's time it's time yeah like, you know what, what are you supposed to do yeah. you know? <laughs> okay <laughs> here we go i love that i love that i love testimonies like that and especially ones that talk about like not just you know we often um i don't know hollywood-esque play up the the really extreme radical um i was an addict for 37 years and at a moment i lost everything and and that's when jesus met me and now i'm a believer and this is where i am now and and i love those stories i'm an addict for stories (laughs) that you know jesus has changed somebody's life but i am such an addict for stories that Jesus has done something over generations and like I'm gonna get teary-eyed talking about that (laughs) but like you know you have 
grandparents that were faithful and you have parents that were faithful and it led to children being called into being believers because they've had parents on grandparents mm-hmm. and you see not just God being able to grab one person but you see God being able to grab and make promises across entire generations of families right. like you thought I was going to let you go and I wasn't <laughs> like, I'm also going to get your kids and I'm also going to get your kids kids and it's like ah oh, let's talk about that in yeah, church yeah. <laughs> Like, I, yeah, I, I could go all day about talking about, like, let's talk about how God promised things, like, to the faithful people for generations to come. Not just, like, he promised me that I'm going to make this much money in two years from now. No, like, he promised that my kids' kids he'll take care of. And my kids' kids' kids, like, he'll take care of. Like, that is... You know, mind blowing. Like, I won't even meet my kids' kids. Yeah, yeah, I know. He's got them. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love it. So, this is where we kind of turn to, like, right now. How has, how is God affecting you now? What is he doing in your life now? What is one thing he's teaching you right now? It's It's been a lot in the past, like, two years, I guess, since... Yeah. Since senior year of high school, when I when I got hurt the last time and decided to, you know, open my ears and start listening, <laughs> I guess I understand. That. Yeah, <laughs> don't worry. Um, it was. It's been since then, and I. I mean, I got to college and told you that it was. Uh, it was so hard for no one to like know who I was yeah. and stuff. So I. I always tell people, and I was asked this a bunch last year like the biggest lesson you learned from your first year in college. And that, that one was very easily Hmm. contentment. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Because it was, it was nice to have, um, the friends that I did at Mm -hmm. the BCM and the people here that I'm so close with, but it wasn't always easy just because I I mean, I didn't run around, I didn't run around those types of people in high school. Yeah. Yeah. So the way that I wanted friendship to look had to change the way that I wanted, um, a dating relationship had to change mm, yeah. the qualities in friends and in girls that I was um, looking for changed. Yeah. And sometimes it was hard to like notice those changes or like mm. accept those changes that I needed to make yeah. um, in the people that I was surrounding myself with and in the lifestyle that I was living. Um, and there were just, there were so many people here. I felt so overwhelmed with how many people mm. like, I <laughs> yeah. was meeting yeah, yeah, at yeah. one time and, but a lot of them were already like close with each other, and my freshman year was the COVID year. And oh, the COVID the, year! The COVID year, yeah. <laughs> um, the year that shall not be named, but <laughs> um, yes. it was it was that year where you weren't out doing all these different activities with people being able to see your face. Yeah, <laughs> and um, so people had already had solidified like friend groups and Hmm. just different different friends and different groups and um so it was just hard to like find where i fit in here and the people loved me so well but like Hmm. it was it was such a challenge because the people that you grow up with in high school and go through high school like you've probably or i at least knew from like elementary school so in elementary school it's like you come up to them on the playground, tag your it. Hey, want to be best friends? Right, and, and, then you're, and then you're living with them in college. But yeah. like here, it's like, oh, I don't know these people, so I'm having to learn how to build relationships from the ground yeah. up without saying, 
hey, you want to be my best friend? (laughs) (laughs) You got to actually like learn some things about these people first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So it was it was difficult and a rocky first semester, um, Mm. but the second semester was was amazing, and I just I was just praying. I was praying the whole my whole freshman year, and really mostly the whole first semester that. Um, uh, that I wasn't praying for answers. I wasn't praying for comfort. I was just praying for like boldness and faithfulness mm. to make the next steps in relationships um, and in how I wanted to live college differently than the yeah. stigma around college. <laughs> right. um, so, and, and God, he did that. He delivered that because it yeah. wasn't comfortable at all. <laughs> so you know it's God. It's yeah. not comfortable whatsoever. It was, nothing about it was comfortable and... Um, but it was very rewarding, and I, I think there was just a lot of wisdom that developed through that. Yeah. And then this this year was completely different. It was like mm. I'm solidified, and like I, I just have good people surrounding me. Um, and there's there's a lot of but there's a lot of new people now. It's how do I lead? How do I mm. <laughs> how do I get past like me now? Because I still freshman year, I was I was just worried about like me. Yeah. But, um, I mean, God was still faithful through that, but now it's like, okay, now you need to, now you need to lead and put, been put in positions of leadership that I had never done mm. before, um, in, in high school or anything. Um, and it was, it was kind of, it was nerve wracking and it's been uncomfortable at times, but I mean, yeah, I, I've loved it. And, um, that he's just, he's just taught me how to be a better leader. And I don't think you can ever like stop learning how to be a better leader yes. <laughs> there's, so that's that's one he's just been that i've learned a lot about this year um mm. and i'm gonna continue to focus on and try and learn more about yeah wow what a blessing to like i love that like that's how god kind of grabbed you coming out of senior year into college that like you know and i'm gonna fumble over my words but I just I really think that that was such a blessing of wisdom on on your life to be able to say like I want to walk a different road and that may afford like not having the friends that I could have had the other way <clears throat> mm-hmm. but even though it's going to be uncomfortable even though it's going to be a little bit more difficult to get off my feet I would rather do what God was calling me to do than not mm-hmm. and I think that you were learning to be a leader even before you thought you were learning to be a leader. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. And, and and I just like in, in an encouragement sense, I think I think that that has some that has been something that God has displayed through you more than you realize is that like you 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 kind of paved the path. What I say about leaders is this, and it's something that I heard about. Um, this is really nerdy of me, but I held on to it because I love it. So in the ancient East, Near East, they had different types of shepherds in the flocks of sheep. You know, mm-hmm. And all the time, the body of Christ is referred to a flock. Right. And uh, shepherds are obviously the people that lead them. Yep. And there are different places where the shepherd led from. And there were three in each flock. There was one at the front, and there was one in the middle, and there was one at the back. The one at the back... You know, kind of get, he does walk through the crap basically, <laughs> but he keeps everybody like moving from the back. There's a guy in the middle that kind of keeps everybody tucked in and tight, and there's a guy at the front. And I think a lot of times, as leaders, 
we need to be the front guy forward facing because the guy at the front isn't looking back at the block Mm -hmm. he's looking forward and i like the name of that guy his name is the breaker and so the reason he's called the breaker is that whenever they come to like the patch of thorns or any kind of thistles or (laughs) shrubbery or whatever you want to call it uh his job is to break it open as wide as he can so that the sheep can all go through Uh and as leaders i feel like that's our job like we we come to things and we bust them open we you know we go through first we break things open and so people can come in after us you know and we look forward because we're hearing god call us forward and then we're saying come with me like on my back let's go this way Uh like god's calling us this way and that's one of the things that like i see as a marker of leaders is like this i had I, i walked a different way but when i walked that way god showed me like this is the way I should have gone. Uh-huh. And that's the way I went. And so please come with me as I go, like as we go this yeah. way, let's go together. And I think that in that area of leading and also in the area of like seeing things that will hedge up people and clearing them out of the way to get them to Jesus. I think that those are trademarks I've seen on you in just the last like year of knowing you. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, Yes, I think that you know you're learning leadership, and I would say, yeah, I could see that. I could, I could, I, could, I haven't got to talk to you once in the last six months, and I could definitely, see, I could see it easily. So, if there was one thing that you wanted to leave the listeners with, there's one little gold nugget you just whoop, want to drop. Uh-huh. What would it be? What would you want to say? I think, I guess, what I would leave people with. And what I've told people who've gone through similar situations yeah. to me or different but like feel similar pain or, and just um, and stuff like that, I, I tell them because they're a lot of times if I ask them like how they've been praying about it, mm. they'll be like, man, I'm just I keep I keep praying for um, for these answers and for mm. and for comfort. Um, yeah. And so. I think what what helped me because I did that for a long time too, mm. and that's why I feel like I didn't trust the Lord like I should have in high school and didn't listen to Him like I should have in high mm. school. It's just because I think I was praying for the wrong things. Mm. So it's not always it's not always comfort like comfort's not always what you need. Mm. Answers are not always what you need. Um, you automatically have that comfort if you if your life has been. Um, transformed by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So there, that's something that's something you don't always need to ask for. Um, mm. And I think I think what really helped me in in making the decisions <clears throat> that I made for college and and leaving basketball and um, dealing with uh, the divorce and and remarrying is like is um, is that God? I don't I don't necessarily need the extra comfort. I don't mm. need the answers. Because um, I know you'll give those to me in your time, but yeah. right now I just need the boldness and the faithfulness to make the next step. Mm. What can I do next to further the healing process? Mm. Um, and I I don't remember exactly where I heard that, <laughs> to be honest. But um, I didn't come up with it myself. I'll tell you that. <laughs> but I, I heard it somewhere, um, and then I was like, I I started changing the way I prayed. Mm. Um, it started making my prayers a lot more selfless. Mm. Um, and those, and that's where I saw the greatest results. Wow. 
Well, that was really good. I'm not going to add anything to that. <laughs> I love that. Appreciate it. <laughs> All right. We always end with a fun and silly question. So here you go. Are you ready? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. The question is, are you ready? I don't know. <laughs> if you could ride any animal into battle, but if it's larger than a horse, it shrinks to the size of a horse. If it's smaller than a horse, it grows to the size of a horse. <laughs> so the size what would you ride into battle? That's you can't the, say horse. <laughs> the size of a horse. What would I ride into battle? That's the size of a oh. horse. Uh, gosh, what kind of question is that? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's gotta. It's it's gotta be practical. It's definitely gonna be like a. It's definitely gonna be like a cheetah or something. A cheetah so freaking fast. <laughs> massive. Yeah, fast yeah. Chicken. Can you imagine a horse-sized cheetah that runs like seventy miles an hour? I'm definitely taking. I'd be that. terrified. <laughs> You'd be dead before you blink. <laughs> no, Good. That's my answer. I asked somebody that earlier today. They were like a house cat because they're not afraid of anything. Because <laughs> they have nine lives and they can jump off cliffs and land on their feet. That's right. That's right. They're not afraid of anything. That's funny. Yeah, my answer to that's always, there's, I'm a huge nerd, there's a thing called a uh, mantis shrimp. I know that sounds ridiculous, they're about the size of a water bottle, but they can throw a punch that moves as fast as a bullet and can break glass. That the size of a horse. <laughs> like, can you? you said it's, a, it's called a what? It's a mantis shrimp. It's a, it's a, a shrimp. shrimp that's that big. That can throw a punch. So that can break glass. Your battle's going to be in the water. So. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Aquatic. That's right. But it can throw a punch that can kill anything. So I'll, I'll take it. I love it. <laughs> I'll take it. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to us at BCM, BCM and AM. Thank you so much, Evan, for coming on. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And so please like, subscribe, review, all the things, all the interactions you do make it possible for other people to find us and, and get a hold of this material that we love. So... Thank you so much. See you guys later. Bye.